Hey, this is Elise Bowman, the voice of Pan from Dragon Ball GT, host of Anime Adventures on YouTube and voiceover coach from EliseCoaches.com. You've heard me advertise on this podcast for a while now, and I know you hear me now when I tell you you're listening to the I Know You Hear Me podcast with Flynn Hendricks. I'm Rick Robertson, former guest and voice of Deborah on Dragon Ball Z. And you're listening to the I Know You Hear Me podcast with Flynn Hendricks. And I know you hear me, but what you don't know, I can hear you too. Hi, I'm Will Harridge, and I'm an audio engineer. But you would not believe the amount of mediocre voice actors I get in on the daily. It's scary, honestly. I always want to recommend them to Elise Bowman, who's the best voice acting coach I know. But I'm always afraid I'm going to offend them and be out of a job. Thankfully, I send the best ones over to her anyway over at EliseCoaches.com, and they keep coming back. Hi, I'm one of the mediocre talents that Will has to work with. And really, I'm thinking about looking up Elise myself. Go look at Elise Coaches today and start your career without ending mine. What he said. What's up, everybody? We are here at the VIP day of ICC5, as I have aptly dubbed it, The Haven Strikes Back. This is the I Know You Hear Me podcast with the one-man enterprise, Flynn Hendricks, my main man and producer, Just Jeff, and I've got my two brothers from the ECPC, the Eclectic Collective. You guys want to introduce yourself? I'm Matt. I'm Ryan. And we are here to talk about the experiences today. We're here to talk about some wrestling. We're going to nerd out a little bit, and we're pretty much going to do what I do every time I'm in the ring. I'm going to call it on the fly. So, And we're going to try to piss him off. To the point to oh. where uh, he flips tables. No, I'm kidding. Well, that, that actually would go with, uh, with something I'm working out trying to get into the stand-up comedy realm. So by all means, give me the reps. <laughs> all right. So guys, where do we want to start this show at? I got a question, like just for you, just being on the wrestling end. So, okay, so I, I'm not a wrestling professional or know-it-all like him, this guy over here. He knows the his- history and everything. But we did have a conversation about... Uh, John Cena and okay. the record that um, Ric Flair holds. Yes. So there's been a lot of talk lately that John Cena has been okay with letting the record go to Charlotte Flair if Absolutely. it was to come to that. How do you feel about Well, that? first off, Ric Flair technically only has 16 recognized world title reigns. The real, the real number is... In the 20s, at least. Because, I mean, he's gone across the, across the pond. He's gone to Puerto Rico. And he's done a one-night title mm-hmm. swap just to save his life because those fans are so rabid. But I do think if anybody is going to break it, it should be a second-generation flair because he sings her praises probably to ad nauseum of some people. And she is a great athlete. Why would she not break her father's record? And, I mean... She was the semi-main event of WrestleMania, one of the biggest shows, if not the biggest show in professional mm-hmm. wrestling. And the reviews that match got, the match she put on, why would she not break that? I mean, as far as recognized records go anyway. Well, you know, the, the, reason, the only reason I disagree is because, you know, growing up with the Attitude Era and everything and John Cena being introduced during that time. Yeah. Like him and Orton, you would say like Randy Orton, I think just because of the dedicate they have like literally oh, given their God, lives yeah. to the sport and they've been in it what 20 plus years yep. yeah and you know flair's only been in it for less than a decade That's so true. you know and like she's already won that many times to get to that so yeah. it, it's like you know what I, w- I was thinking it was like when roger maris 
when they let him, when he broke the home run record, but he had more games yeah. to do it in than Babe Ruth. So, but even though he broke broke the record, people were mad that he broke the record, but he had more games to do it in. Absolutely. It's kind of opposite right. right now. So it's kind of that Roger Maris but effect. I, I do think something that should be taken into consideration too is quality over quantity where they're not just hot potato changing a championship just to change a championship mm -hmm. because i mean you've seen it where they put a title on somebody and then the next night they're dropping it to somebody else so they drop it right back to that person yeah. I, I hate that i know it's part of the business but in, in regards to that i think that she has had credible reigns where it would justify her surpassing her dad's you know record yeah title reign. yeah i mean without a doubt her and Rhea Ripley stole the show. Yeah. Okay. Like, that could have been the main event for all of the mm -hmm. WrestleManias, in my opinion. I agree. And I personally, I was talking to him, of course, Cena, but I think Randy Orton. Yeah. I think Orton has literally put his whole, like, body on the line for he, this. You, you I, hear people praise him, but he yeah. does not get the credit that he deserves. No, he does he not. He can work with anybody, and he is one of the absolute best villains in the wrestling industry to the point that you think that man is unhinged. Mm -hmm. That is how good he is. And I was a big fan of his dad, Cowboy oh, yeah. Bob. Like he had, like he literally just took the pedigree of being a third generation wrestler and just up the ante every time. And I mean, like his granddad and his dad weren't world champions. They by all rights could have been, but this man like has done everything there is to do. And I feel like people are just now realizing how good he actually oh, yeah. is. Yeah, I think he's probably the best heel of my of yeah. this generation he just really just evolved that like i can't cheer for him i, I love to have him as yeah. a heel like yeah. as a face it just doesn't work see that's the thing too as a heel and this is something that i live by because i i am the villain it's easier to make people hate you yeah. than it is to make them love you and I, I will say, I, I take offense with the, the best heel remark because <laughs> I, I hear that phrase thrown around so much. I may burn some bridges right now. I may not. But I hear that MJF is the best villain. I hear that Jeff Jarrett is the best heel in the business. Bully Ray, I, I'll give that man his due because he doesn't have plants in the crowd. He doesn't have to, you know, low blow children or use racial slurs or anything like that. I probably just burned some bridges right now. But... <laughs> It, I, I honestly feel like I could compete with that because, Jeff, you can attest to this. At the recent show that we did at Caverna for Ultimate Championship yep. Wrestling, I was in the main event. And there were other awesome matches on that show. But for over a year, for almost 16 months, it had been one story of me and another wrestler trying to get his championship back from me. And these people followed that story from January of last year to almost April of this year, and they followed it in almost every town that we wow. went to from yep. like Tennessee to Kentucky and everywhere in between. And when he finally got his revenge and pinned me, I mean, he cheated, by the way, because he wasn't the legal man, so <laughs> probably needs to be stricken from the record books. But, I mean, when he pinned me, that was the loudest pop of the night. Like 600-plus people erupted when he pinned me, and it was absolutely insane. And this was also after fans tried to fight me. Okay. Like four fans tried to fight me and my tag partner. Yep. And I don't see a lot of people getting that kind of heat anymore. Yeah. Let me tell you something. Tennessee crowds and Kentucky crowds is a different breed when it comes to oh, yeah. wrestling. It's still yeah. real. Uh, I got a question. So, oh, yeah, no, no, you go oh, I got a question. Yes. You're talking about titles. I want to know what your view is on Roman Reigns holding it from, I mean, about a thousand days. Absolutely. What do you think of that? Like, your opinion. Okay, so this is one, and I'm probably going to make a lot of people mad here. I love it. 
I okay. also loved it when Brock Lesnar had it and wasn't there every oh every goodness. show because it makes it an attraction. It makes it more like a more rare occurrence when you actually see it. It makes it special. So when somebody actually beats him, it means something. Whereas it's not just another win and you forget about the event that it happened at or it happened at this pay per view that wasn't a WrestleMania or so on and. You know, it, it makes it a lot more special when somebody actually beats him. And it's a throwback to the old days okay. of Bruno San Martino, Hulk Hogan, Bob Backlund. It, it's, a, it's a rare thing these days. See, this so, is so. why we need something like this, because like, I didn't look at it like that. And I, I love it, too, because we, it's the antithesis of the society we live in, where everybody wants the Amazon delivery of, I want it next day, I want it now, I want yeah. this immediate gratification. This guy is going on almost three years of being a champion in an era where people's attention spans are so short because of social media, this or that, but that man pulls in the ratings and speaking from experience of being backstage or being on the event floor like at SummerSlam or a SmackDown, when he comes out, oh, he's, yeah. it is an absolute event. Like You feel the reverberation in the floor of the arena. You get the goosebumps watching it because he owns the room. He walk, like You were talking about it before the, the mic yep. started rolling. He owns the room. He comes in. He takes his time. He makes you wait for it. He has you in the palm of his hand. Then when he says the name of your city and he says, acknowledge me, the people go they crazy. Pop. And then just walks out. Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> but still, he, I mean, he has the right to do that now. Yeah. He has that oh, much yeah. clout. So I, I got a question for you. And you're going to have to help me because it's been so long. I don't remember the tag team. You remember the, it, they were a part of TNA. That I Harris pissed off. The Ferris, Ferris, Harris, Harris, Harris brothers. Ron and Don. Yeah, okay. So how how do you handle people, like especially being at uh, smaller shows, how do you handle like uh, the hate that they throw at you? And just because uh, like when we were at a TNA show, you know, the Harris brothers were heels. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, we would say stuff to them. And like I remember one of the Harris brothers, you probably remember which Don. one. Yeah. He like looked at me. He was like, "I'm gonna find you in the parking lot for everything I was saying." Yeah. I was like, "Bring it on, man!" You know, because I thought I was part <laughs> of the show. All right. So at the end, of, at the end of the show, we go to the parking lot. And here I see him coming right at me. I'm like, "Oh God!" I was just playing. Oh my gosh! So how do you how do you handle like um, you know how do you handle that emotionally? I know you don't go search for him in the parking lot like the Harris brothers, but like how do you handle that? You know when you take it home, do you yeah. take it personally or do you count it as part of the show? So what I do is I take all the frustrations from my everyday life. Um, you know, not getting recognized for a promotion at work, frustrations of other people not doing their job, whatever it may be, and I also take it with a big chip on my shoulder because I personally feel like I've been overlooked a lot in my career because of my size or I'm not somebody's best friend, I'm not somebody's boy, I'm not playing the political game, but I'm also one of the most consistent people on that show and mm -hmm. even if I'm not the chosen person, I get one of the loudest reactions of the night. Mm -hmm. So if I'm not getting that reaction, that's a problem to me. So I take all that frustration and I will literally say things that they think they know but it's using the old villain mentality where I don't think I'm a bad guy because there's truth in what I'm saying. I believe my truth. Mm -hmm. And if I tell somebody I think I'm the kind of person your kids should look up to because I have a college degree, I have a job, I'm doing this, I'm chasing my dreams, and you're sitting here 
drinking beer at a wrestling show setting a bad example for them, why would they not look up to me and feel like they should be able to chase their dreams? Mm -hmm. And that strikes a nerve. So, I mean, if if I'm not getting that, then it's a problem. And delving into the acting world has helped me find more clever and intricate ways to bring that out where it's not always going in a verbal joust. It's just a look at somebody in the crowd, a wink and a nod, whatever it may be, that it's just different ways that you don't typically see somebody getting heat nowadays. And like I said, it's resulted in fans trying to fight me, and sometime 10 years ago, a fan did fight me. Yeah, the only reason that worries me is because we've seen video of, like, fans actually jumping on the wrestlers. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing, too. So don't get me wrong. If they they get feisty, I'm probably not the most smart move, but I literally hold the ropes open and tell them, come on, because as soon as their head goes through the ropes, I can hook them. And hold them until security throws them out. All right. You want to act big, you want to act tough, but when you get in there, you don't know what to do. Yep. You just got humiliated by a guy that's five foot seven. <laughs> so. Yeah, and I'm all talk. So <laughs> right in the right over there in but, the seats. So. And uh, in saying that too, it adds to the mystique of the show because now people don't know was that real? Mm-hmm. Was that guy a plant? Which, as I mentioned earlier, I take offense that somebody in that best heel category did use plants in the crowd. Mm-hmm. But I mean. Oh, it's happened. Yeah, yeah. I, I everything I do is authentic, and mm-hmm. I take that to I take pride in that. So, what what about this Rhea Ripley scaring kids thing? How do you feel about that? Throwback to a guy that's succeeding in AEW now that I used to do shows with named Chuck Taylor because he used to do a lot of shows in this area, and that was one of his high points. He would take something, fall out to the crowd, and just turn around like he'd be down, and he just turn around and like just jump at the kids, scare them. It was. Like, you try to hold it together in the match and see it. So, I mean, I, I love that that's coming back because okay. it gives them something they can talk about, yeah. too. So, and once the parents calm down, unless they're just absolutely loving it, you know, it just gives them something to talk about. And it's a memory that they can hold on to and tell stories to their friends about, too. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, like, I, I, I couldn't imagine. Like, I remember for us when we went to uh, – I, I, what WrestleMania was it with Zeus and Hulk Hogan? That was the No Holds Barred. Yeah, it was the No Holds Barred. We went to that pay-per-view and we yeah. saw Zeus. And, you know, Zeus, all he had to do was look at you. Yeah. yeah. And, like, I, I love that kind of fear when it right. comes to heels and stuff like that. So that, That's another thing, too. Like, you guys have mentioned it with the different members of the Star Wars Rebels cast you brought up about how much of that is you, how much of that is authentic. Mm-hmm. If you don't believe in what you're doing, if I don't believe that I am that guy when I walk out through the curtain... The fans are going to pick up on that. Mm-hmm. Why would they react to me? Why would they even pay to see me? If I don't believe that, or if Zeus didn't believe that he was that big, intimidating guy, why would you? Why would you be afraid of him? It's all in the presentation. Have you thought about uh, doing, like, uh, fan films and stuff to kind of, like, broaden your character, kind of like the way they did Zeus? Like, they did No Holds Barred, that movie. It was a ridiculous movie. Yeah. But they kind of, like, brought out – it was kind of like a – this is who Zeus really is behind the scenes. He is, he will kill you. I, I wish I could find somebody to help me do that with where it's not just using an iPhone. So yeah, 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 if yeah. I could find a credible camera crew and actually put that in there, I feel like that's another investment in this yeah. that would help me greatly. So I know we could find it out on the floor because usually in the past at ICCC, um, we find those uh, fan film crews that yeah. are yeah. presenting their own uh, stuff that, um, I mean, we could... Man, we could find them and try to partner because I, the only reason I say that is because when you bring that stuff into the home and they see you behind the curtain and not yeah. just 
oh, they're an actor. They come into the ring and then they're done. Yeah. They go home and they're regular people. Like they kind of bring that. They have it to keep it right. home with them. So. And I mean, the, the, that's a throwback to Dr. D. David Schultz, the guy that slapped John Stossel yeah. back in the 80s. They did a thing with him at home where Vince McMahon went to his house. It wasn't really his family. Right. But he's sitting there being that same character. He's yelling at the wife. He's yeah. yelling at the kids. He's got a shotgun that he accidentally shoots in the kitchen. You know, it's like it just it brings that realism and that craziness to it too so i mean it's it's a brilliant idea and i wish they would do more of that yeah so that you could care more about these characters that you see on tv as opposed to just being an athletic you know flippy wrestler so tell me tell me how you uh would change how people are bringing characters into modern day wrestling now considering like how it was in the 80s yeah and 90s the biggest thing i want to see more of is the vignettes where you feel like you know that character when they're coming in you it's more of an event when they happen like i'll use uh carlito for example guy i've been up and down the roads with quite a few times they did all those vignettes of him coming in you felt like you knew he was this arrogant jerk he was the epitome of cool his first night in what does he do he beats john cena mm-hmm. for the u.s championship yeah and he's already established he was established as a character beforehand and now he's a champion so Mm -hmm. it makes sense i want to see more character build as opposed to just hey this guy can do all this cool athletic stuff which is good but if i don't have a character to gravitate and care about yeah then it's just another you know cookie cutter and i hate using that term but it's just wrestler x Mm -hmm. if you don't have a character that they can care about what does it mean yeah i agree who's the who's the most underrated wrestler you think in mainstream wrestling right now most under right right now right now I'm going to go to my grave saying this. Uh, in WWE, it is The Miz. It mm. is The Miz. He is one of my favorites. That man can fit into any position they put him in. Publicity, you know, squash match, put him in the main event. That guy is the ultimate utility player, and he does not get the credit he deserves. So let me ask you, what? you got an upcoming show coming up. Oh, I've got a bunch of upcoming shows yeah. coming up. So. so let's talk about some of your upcoming Yeah, so before now. we get out of here, um, we do have the UCW uh, Fair Tour that's coming up. It's like over 26 shows between UCW, Triple Crown Wrestling, and USWF, and I'll be doing quite a few of those. Okay. And as I mentioned, I am no longer the UCW Southern States champion. I was the longest reigning, but now they are bringing back the UCW Ultimate Championship. So there is going to be a tournament held across these fair shows. And if I were you, I would make smart bets to put it on me because why would you not want the most relevant person in the independent wrestling scene in this area holding the oldest and most prestigious championship in the state of Kentucky. That company has been going for almost 30 years and that title has been the longest continually active title. So why would you not want somebody that brings eyes to that and that is driven and hungry? Why would you not want him to go all the way to the finals and bring it home? Who are, you, who are you looking at right now? Who's your next match that you're wanting to tear apart right now? They haven't told me who I've got in Salina on the 6th, but mm-hmm. all I know is i got to get through them, and then I get to go on vacation. So all right. whoever it is, it's just a speed bump, and then I'm hitting the road. So Who's, who, who holds the belt right now? Right now it was vacated. Vic the Bruiser retired with it. So okay. He never took me up on that bounty challenge last week, which right. actually I lost the money to JBL playing poker. So you probably saw that on Monday Night Raw. So the bounty batch never happened. So. Okay. So what what would the real Flynn Hendricks say to the person that wants to challenge challenge you for that vacated uh, belt right now? 
Anybody that wants to challenge for the UCW Ultimate Heavyweight Championship, I hope you know that you do not stand one single chance. And chances are you probably aren't even fit to zip up my boots. You probably don't even have real gear. And if you do, good on you because you set yourself out amongst the crowd. But you don't have the marketability. You don't have the skill. You don't have the charisma. You can't work the room. You can't work a mic like Flynn Hendricks can. You haven't been on set with Amazon. You haven't been in a booth. You haven't done half the things I've done. And when I get in that ring, I will prove it to the world that I am the most relevant, sensational one-man enterprise that the professional wrestling business has and never will see again. And by the end of the summer, hopefully on my birthday, I will become the last UCW Ultimate Heavyweight Champion. And I will hold it until I retire and I dare someone to come and try and take it from me. And I know you hear me. Yeah. All right, man. I probably just made a bunch of people mad. So. <laughs> Take us out, brother. Take us out. Guys, if you want to support everything we're doing here this weekend, we've got merch back at the table. Proceeds are going to the Nashville Humane Society and St. Jude. Those are two big charities that are close to my heart. We got a bunch of great celebrities here. We've got two of my voiceover coaches, Vanessa Marshall, Steve Bloom, the, the Star Wars Rebels crew, Ian McDermott. We've got everybody here. We've got the media room. Come on back here. Get on these shows. Ask some questions and just come out and show your support. It's going to be a great weekend. Nobody's getting turned away. It's bigger and better than ever. And like I said, it's ICC5, the Haven Strikes Back. So come on out to Lebanon, Tennessee. See ya. We're good. We're going to keep going. So you praise me and then I drop the ball. So story of my life. But anyway, thank you. Thank you so much for those kind words. And I say that as I'm getting ready to sit under your learning tree because you're going to be my next teacher on this acting journey of mine. And I'm so grateful for the opportunity. I'm looking forward to it. We just did a group workshop. We did. It was wonderful. Yeah. You said you're kind of newer in the realm of the teaching aspect. Yes, I am newer in the realm of the teaching aspect. And uh, I'm grateful to be given the opportunity, it sort of happened completely by accident, yeah. and uh, it, it was really out of nowhere, and uh, Eric put it all together. Oh yeah, and Eric Warwick, shout out to him. Yes, he's amazing. Yes, he sure I, is. And I haven't had a chance to listen to the podcast yet, but I cannot wait. You guys Absolutely. are all so talented. Everyone in the class was amazing. So. They're, they're all talented. I'm a hack. I just come into the rest no, of the episodes. No, not but. true. No, you're amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much. So yeah. like, what does it mean to you to be able to give back and teach in that regard because I mean a lot of people I'm used to it in the wrestling world where they're not so giving they want to you know protect their territory and not right. give back what does that mean to you to be able to give back like that well you know uh, in my experience when I was starting out I had the same thing where uh, women like Gray Delisle Tara Strong uh, every, all sorts of voiceover people were so kind and um, instructive and they, they, everyone was uh, really supportive and yeah so I feel like that really sets the tone in the world of voiceover, sure. which is, I think, quite different. And of course there's competition, always, but at Absolutely. the end of the day, I feel like everyone's voice is unique, everyone's soul imprint is unique, and every single one deserves a place and a chance for and a microphone. And with that in mind, if we can help each other become the best versions of ourselves to own and find our voices, uh, that's, that's the greatest gift that we can give to each other. So, and I actually found that it helped me in my own auditions during the week. Yeah. Because I was thinking about you guys and, and what we had talked about. So I learned I learned a great deal. That, that's so amazing to hear. And I, I have a question too because I'm guilty of this myself. How do you 
not self-sabotage yourself, or how did you teach yourself to not do that when you don't have someone directing you? How do you not overanalyze or submit it and forget it and just be happy with what you did? Well, I think I take shelter in the three in a row. I take shelter in the three in a row yeah. thing where you just do three different takes, and then you know what? You can pick and choose parts of, of whichever one that you like. Absolutely. And so there's forgiveness. There's there's redemption in three. Bye, Carly. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, no worries at all. Yeah, there, there's redemption in the third take sometimes, and then sometimes you go back and go, man, I had it on the first one. I didn't need to do all that. Yeah. But it's, you know, it's not like we're doing right to tape. You can just delete it. <laughs> oh, for sure, for yeah. sure. And you've got a, you got somebody waiting to hop on here and get an autograph from you, so oh, I don't want to hold you up too much. All right, uh, we'll I know you a, want Taylor to pop yeah. in. Okay. So we'll go ahead and wrap it up here. Vanessa, right. thank you so much. Bless. Thanks so much, y'all. All right, guys, we are back at ICC on VIP day on Friday, and I have got two-thirds of the Rebels cast with me. I've got Taylor Gray as the voice of Ezra and Tia Sakar as the voice of Sabine. So, guys, thank you so much for taking the time to do this, stopping by the booth up in the media room. What's your experience been like so far? I've been having a great time. Everyone's so nice, and it's a beautiful day in Tennessee, and what's not to love? I can only second that. Everyone has been so sweet so kind and it's been busy it's amazing yeah absolutely and something that you guys had mentioned i want to hit on uh in your in your ecpc interviews taylor you mentioned that you were going from on screen to voiceover and t i think you mentioned you were doing the same thing when you jump into that medium and you have characters that now get action figures made what is it like when you see these collectibles that you help bring to life what is it like to actually see that and hold it in your hand I have an army of Ezra's at home. Oh, that is awesome. <laughs> and I talk to them and I lead them. <laughs> it's like that movie Toy Soldiers. Do you remember that? Yeah. Back in the day? Um, no, I think it is so cool, right? Like, you never think that that's going to happen. And when it does, you're just kind of, oh, pinch me. And yeah. Lucasfilm slash Disney is great about sending you everything that's ever been made about awesome. a character. That is yes. amazing. I will say when I got my Funko Pop with the dark save, Sabine's my. I call it my as if I am. Sabine's uh, Darksaber Funko Pop, that was like especially awesome. Oh, yeah. And Sabine's Black Series uh, figure. Is, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, like Taylor said, they, they are very generous and they send us all the cool stuff. And I think they even pointed out, too, in your interview that that's one of the hardest ones to find. I so, didn't know I mean, that. that's even cooler. That's very cool. I love to hear that. And, you know, again, too, like, what is it like for you guys um, seeing these characters that you help bring to life in animation coming to the, you know, the live action one? What is that? like I mean it's kind of surreal also like I'm just thrilled that Sabine's story gets to live on and oh, yeah. like she her you know she's not done yet she's got more adventures to to experience so I'm thrilled absolutely I'm in the same boat I I just think it's cool that it's going to expand to bigger audiences oh yeah and more and more people will see it and there's this whole backstory that we've been through uh, and it's pretty special. For sure. And then I've got one last question for you guys. Um, it's going to be Steve Bloom-centric because he was my introduction and my foot in the door into the acting world. What was it like working with him on set? Because, I mean, like you said, everybody kind of has this family dynamic on set. What was it like working with Steve? I mean, I wish every question was Steve Bloom-centric. Yeah, <laughs> He's, <laughs> I mean, I can just speak to the character that he is as a person. And he's the kindest coolest most fun person in the world i just love being around him i'm so sad i haven't seen him more so this is fairly special for us because we haven't been together like this in a long time Absolutely. so every time we had a session it was great seeing everyone but it was especially great seeing steve yeah hey <laughs> i was curious if she was gonna hear <laughs> that and i guess one last question popped into my mind because i know you mentioned it in your interview earlier 
you guys were kind of newer to the Star Wars realm together. What was it like bonding over, uh, you know, maybe being the two actors in the series that didn't have the most knowledge about the series or learning as you go? What was that like, and how did you develop the bond over that? It was actually really helpful um, because Taylor and I were both primarily on Okay, camera. speak for yourself. I have a Sith holocron tattoo right here. <laughs> <laughs> we're both, you know, primarily on-camera actors, um, sort of yeah. new-ish to voiceover acting, and we also were newer to Star Wars fandom so I feel like we were yeah. kind of always like a little bit on the same page and we had the greatest of teachers I mean Steve Bloom mm -hmm. uh, Vanessa Marshall Fred oh, yeah. Prince Jr. Dee Bradley Baker like it, getting to learn uh, about Star Wars from those guys like Freddie's like an encyclopedia yeah, yeah. Sam Whitworth I mean like and then yeah yeah and then also just to get to like try and like learn the craft of voiceover acting from these like incredibly talented like so mind-blowingly talented voice actors who are like prolific um, it was just like a, a gift it feels like uh, it sounds like it I mean that's so awesome but guys what's also awesome is y'all took the time to do this interview today so I really appreciate it thank you all for everything you've done you and giving it. us something to be fans of oh, and I hope you guys enjoy the rest of the weekend thank, thank you so you much too. thank you guys, guys. alright guys we are back here at the end of the VIP day of ICC 5 and I am here with the man himself somebody I've wanted to have on this podcast since day one almost two years ago the guy that helped me get my foot in the acting world and voiceover, the legendary Steve Bloom. Steve, thank you for being on here. And what's your experience been like at ICC so far? I don't even know what to do after that in, uh, introduction. <laughs> uh, it's been great. It's it's nice and chill today. I know it's going right. to get a lot crazier tomorrow. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was really fun. And thank you for trusting me. Of course. I, I really course. appreciate it. At bloombuckstudios.com. Yeah, I will yeah. vouch for that 100%. <laughs> and it meant a lot to me when you said that, too, because, um, you know, I come from the wrestling world where a lot of people are very territorial, will take your money and just kind of, like, show you the door without even teaching you anything. Yeah. So with sitting in that master class hour that you offered, it just it hooked me. I was ready to go because I trusted you right off the bat. And I can't vouch for you enough because you've opened so many doors to meet wonderful teachers, people that I grew up on that I can now call friends. It's awesome. absolutely amazing. And what I really want to ask is what got you the idea of wanting to be so giving and give back to aspiring actors? Huh. Uh, well, I found that at every convention it became a teaching moment, yeah. whether it was intentional or not. At, at every panel, at every signing, people had questions about voiceover, mm -hmm. and I was constantly doing it anyway, Right. and the people around me encouraged me to start teaching. I didn't want to do it. Yeah. I had no idea how to do it. Right. I had to deconstruct 30 years in business and try to figure out how to impart that in yeah. an organized way. That was the hardest thing. Absolutely. So my original intention was just to do enough classes so I could get out all the information that I had, Yeah. get it out there, be done. And then I realized that I was kind of out of information, but people were asking me questions that I couldn't answer, but I knew my friends could. Yeah. And so I started inviting the best of the best right. in our industry and all over the world to come in and start teaching too. Absolutely. And, uh, it's been a huge education for me. I got to I do a lot of research on each of the teachers. Yeah. And uh, so I get to learn about my friends' careers. I get to learn about what got them there. And everybody in this industry has a different oh, path. Yeah, absolutely. So if it didn't resonate from what I said or it didn't resonate from what one of the other teachers said, one of the other 47, 48, 49 teachers that we've had so far is going to hit that oh, absolutely. on the mark at some point. So I feel like 
no matter what, people are going to walk away with a good education, yep. and they're not going to uh, get taken advantage of by predators, yes. which was my 100%. main goal. And that Absolutely. was that was the biggest pet peeve that I had. I signed up for some of these um, pay-to-play yeah. organizations oh, yeah. early on in my career. They took my money. I never got anything out of it. Yep. I've been with uh, agents who were uh, disreputable also, yeah. mm-hmm. and I don't want other people to go down that path. There are, there are plenty of pitfalls in this business without right. getting right. taken advantage of. Absolutely. So I figured if I could just even just give that information, yeah. that would help people have a much better experience. For sure. And then on top of that, too, you build a family with these people because yeah. I mentioned, you know, when I saw you up in the meeting room, the Potchkey family, Eric, yeah. Heath, Bonnie, Marcus, all of them say hello, by the way. Yeah, but, I love you know, them it's all like, dearly. Never thought that I'd be able to make friends that we don't even live in the same city, yeah. but we talk every day we commute, uh, com- communicate virtually if I can get my words out you know and they've had me on the podcast like it's it's an amazing thing and they're so supportive you see the comments mm-hmm. you see how much everybody loves each other and is willing to help and it's so refreshing to see so thank you for being the spearhead of that and just giving us this opportunity it's so awesome it's my honor and privilege thank you of course this is why I do it because of people like you thank oh, you my pleasure my <laughs> pleasure and everything that you've taught me too it's funny how it comes full circle because my first guest was Bob Bergen. Ugh. I'm on his waiting list for classes now, but I remember the question I asked him was, do you think my professional wrestling career would benefit me in the acting realm? And he wasn't sure about it. I don't think he like was really familiar with professional wrestling, but it's crazy now how much this has helped me take that to another level in that realm. And it all kind of comes together to make a diverse actor. I'm sure. And it all starts right there. So I, I can't sing your praises enough. He didn't pay me for this. This is my 100% testimonial. <laughs> BloomVoxStudios.com. This guy is one of the best, and the archives are outstanding. So you can learn from the best, go back to the beginning, and work your way through like I did. I can't say enough good things about it. Well, thank you for that. Of course. Really well, Steve, thank you for your time here. And I know the weekend's going to be crazy. Tomorrow's probably going to be the biggest day of it. So it's going to be bananas. That's I hope what you they tell me. Yeah. Make some good memories, make it special for some people, and yeah. you guys have fun in the process. That's the whole point. Of course. Well, that Steve, thank you so much. If it ain't much. fun, why do it? Absolutely. <laughs> thank you, brother. Thank you. All right, everybody. That wraps up our day for ICCC in Lebanon, Tennessee. I just want to take a huge shout out to Flynn, first of all, for. Uh, allowing me to be part of this with him um, and be on this journey with him. But, you know, a huge special thanks and shout out to all the guests that we had on that were willing to take some time out of their day to allow us to, you know, get some interviews with them. We had three-fourths of the Rebels crew on this episode. And just just to let you know, in case you haven't known this, you can see those interviews on YouTube um, video. So if you've not checked us out on YouTube, go check us out there. That will be an awesome experience for you in itself to be able to see what we do behind the scenes and, and how these interviews go. You'll actually get to see Flynn with these guests and just see how they interact and, and listen to these interviews live. You know, We're going to wrap it up and call it right there. Thanks again for listening. And I know you hear Flynn. The I Know You Hear Me podcast is a presentation of Flynn Hendricks Enterprises. We thank you for tuning in this week, and we hope you'll check out our sponsors and advertisers. Make sure you check us out next week as we come back at the same time with another awesome episode.